Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 10th. Gaze into the moon, especially at the full. Feel in its rays the Divine Mother's eternal love for you and for all her human children. Well, of course, this is the natural balance to a few days ago when Swamiji suggested we gaze into the rays of the sun. It was inevitable that the moon would have her day as well. It's very interesting in the um, in mythology and in in storytelling, in conversation, in yoga, in astrology, uh, probably not in astronomy, but in astrology at least, the moon is feminine and the sun is masculine. Now this has its, um, its origin in, in uh, esoterica, uh, the esoterica of the chakras and how astrology lays over the chakras. Now I'm by no means, well, that's putting it too mildly. What I know about astrology is almost nothing. But I do know these little bits and pieces of facts um, as they relate to the chakras. And I also know this as I was speaking, when I was speaking about the sun, which was really just a few days ago, so I won't say everything about it, but the point being that everything in creation is a symbol of a greater reality. And even though we think of creation as the first cause, it's actually the much more subtle. It's the first cause, and matter is the final expression. So even material things as massive as the sun and moon, yet are, are still only symbolic, and they're also um, vibrational doorways to a deeper reality behind them. From the point of view of the chakras, the sun, which is symbolic of the spiritual eye, which is the divine light that that animates us, that gives us life, and gives us life more abundantly. It also represents the spiritual eye, which is the bright light we see when we meditate. And when we meditate deeply enough, we're actually drawn, literally drawn into that light and literally drawn out of our bodies in the sense not that we will die, although we also may go into the spiritual eye when we die, but that our body becomes still and unanimated. I mean, it can go all the way to the point of breathlessness, even the heartbeat can stop. But for the average meditator, we simply, um, for a moment, for a time, our awareness of our body is virtually non-existent because our concentration has become so focused on the light. And But don't worry, you'll always come back. No such luck. It's just not that easy to 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 um, transcend that identity. That identity asserts itself. So in the way that Master talks about the chakras, and this is not the way everybody talks about them, this is the way Master talks about them in self-realization. The spiritual eye, which is the point between the eyebrows, is the sixth chakra in the body, the seventh being the point at the, the top of the head, the sixth chakra, the opposite pole of that chakra is the medulla. So you have the point between the eyebrows and the medulla. It's the, the front of the head and the back of the head. 
the, the spiritual eye, the symbol of the spiritual eye in the creative world, in, in creation, is, is the sun. The, the medulla is actually the individual spiritual self identified with limitation, which is to say identified with the physical body and all of the self-definitions that go with it. And the source of consciousness and life force is the spiritual eye, which is the sun. And the ego, which is, is stationed at the medulla, it merely gets reflected light, which is the moon. Because the moon doesn't radiate light of its own, it receives the light of the sun and reflects it. So the ego imagines itself to be the source of light, but it's actually the recipient and the reflector of light. And the, these two poles, the spiritual eye and the medulla, represent individuality, the, the unique individual self. The Sanskrit word is jiva. In English, we sometimes say soul. But jiva is a, a richer word because jiva sort of has it, it sort of encompasses all the, the the coloration and the uniqueness and the nuance of unique individuality, and so the jiva is the spark of the divinity, which from the beginning into eternity is always there. Individuality is uh, is eternal, but when the individuality becomes identified with limitation. That's what ego is. Ego is the spark of divinity that is now defining itself by limited realities. I am a man. I am a woman. I have a certain age. I'm a race. I'm a culture. I'm a language. I'm a daughter. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a mother. All of those different things, which if you think about them, all those, that level emanates from the physical body that I manifested. And then, but then there's also an astral body and astral identities. I'm musical, I'm compassionate, I'm a mechanical engineer. <laughs> you know, just these inclinations that we have. And they're, they're also unique and God-given, just like snowflakes. And we can also identify with our inclinations. And all of that keeps us somewhat, somewhat separate from our true identity, which is that I am a bubble in the ocean of infinity. And spiritual life is the transferring of self-identity from the medulla, which is ego and limitation, to the spiritual eye, which is Christ consciousness and freedom. And so when we meditate, we actually, if you really think about it, when we're looking at the spiritual eye with closed eyes, and we're not looking backward into the head, but we're looking outward to the horizon where the sun is just coming over the horizon. I mean, that, that's the position of the eyes and the way you think about it. The point of view is from the medulla. From the medulla, we're looking through the spiritual eye, if you actually think about it. We're resting. I mean, it comes perhaps from the physical eyes, but what is, what is processing the physical eyes? The, the, the vantage point is the medulla. But if we generate sufficient energy at the spiritual eye, the vantage point actually shifts from the medulla to the spiritual eye. And then our lives operate from the spiritual eye. And the spiritual eye has mastery over all the other chakras. And this is Christ consciousness. And that's why we go first into Christ consciousness before we transcend everything. And this is why, just because here I am, this is why Jesus said, I am the way. 
And what he meant by I was not I, Jesus, but I, the Christ consciousness and the, and the pathway to infinity, that which I am, I have, that which I have done you shall do in greater things. You know, you, you follow the path I have followed. Jesus the man had become Jesus the Christ. And once you become the Christ, you can become one with the Father. That's a lot of esoterica, but it's very, very interesting. So now, coming back to this, because this is opposite sides of the same chakra, spiritual eye and the medulla, you have, it's, a, it's the balancing duality. So the sun is male, the moon is female. The sun is the, the father's wisdom, the moon is the feeling quality of the mother. So if by, by concentrating on the moon, we don't strengthen the medulla, because I can hear suddenly that would be a thought. What we do is we, we draw the qualities of the moon because in the way, the way that, the way that uh, astrology overlays the chakras is that every chakra is related to, to planets as well. So the sun and the moon in this chakra are the planets, the planetary um, houses, the, the residing place. Okay, and I'm not going to say more than that because I can't say more than that. But what we're, we're wanting to be is everything needs to come into balance because every planet, every chakra, uh, it all comes into balance. No chakra, every chakra has the positive and negative expression of it. And so uh, we, want, we want all of the uh, qualities, let me just, I'm, I'm not saying any of this clearly enough. Anything can be misused. Anything can direct you away from God or it can direct you toward God. And so what we need to do with all of the chakras, with all of our horoscopes, with everything, is we need to take every force that's influencing us and use it to expand our consciousness and become closer to the infinite. So reason and feeling need to come into balance. Sun and moon represent reason and feeling, wisdom and love, you might say, any, any way you want to pair it. So we want to draw in the rays of the sun, which was what we were talking about a few days ago, by staring at it when it's on the horizon line, because then it's beneficial and not harmful to us. And then we also want to simultaneously and equally develop the feeling quality within us, because reason and feeling must always work in harmony, or else we become imbalanced and uh, make mistakes, mistakes that take us away from the light instead of toward it. So, bringing all of this, we come now to the moon, especially when the moon is full, and when we stare at the moon, not merely with admiration for its beauty or wonder at the phenomenon of creation, which is also a wonderful way to look at it, but also as literally a window, a window through nature itself to the Divine Mother who manifests through nature. We call, we even call nature female, we call, we call it Mother Nature. But it's not nature that we're worshipping. It's not, it's not like we think the moon itself is, a, is a, an entity that we can propitiate. Although there is a conscious, uh, everything in creation is conscious and everything in creation is governed by divine forces. So the idea that the moon is a goddess in herself is also true, 
I mean, I, I don't want to draw that to too fine a point, but the gover- there's a governing deity of the sun. But even that governing deity is empowered by the divine spirit. And the point of that governing deity is to inspire in us uh, reverence and relationship with the source. So especially when we're looking at the moon, the moon will draw us closer to the feminine expression of the infinite spirit. The feminine expression of the infinite spirit is most simply and beautifully described as Divine Mother. And one of the particular gifts of Paramhansa Yogananda coming to America, extracting from the ancient teachings of India for a modern Western audience, is that he brought this idea of the, of the feminine expression of divinity. And the feminine expression, it's, it's way more than what pronouns we use. In fact, Yogananda has this marvelous mix-up of pronouns when he says, pray to God as the Divine Mother. He can't resist you when you do that. <laughs> because they're just aspects. The he is the impersonal, distant, more distant expression of infinity. The she is the more intimate expression. Thinking of this world as symbols in the traditional picture, which in our society now is not necessarily expressed, but the traditional picture, even just even just put it to biological birth, the mother carries the child in her own self, under her own heart. The father gives life to the child. The, child, the child's life requires the participation of the male. But then the male enters and leaves, literally, and then the mother grows the baby. Forget men and women. Just think of it as an image. The mother is closer than the father. And so as we use what is really our creative imagination to put ourselves in tune with realities that are not imaginary. And this is a, a sort of a, an understanding we have to get. We are imagining these realities, but the realities are, are realities. They're real. But at first we have to imagine them, because when we imagine them, it puts us on the right wavelength. And when we get on the right wavelength, it, we actually suddenly realize that this is an actual truth. So, gazing at the moon. We're gazing at the moon and we feel that the feminine force of of infinity, which is the mother, which is compassionate, all-forgiving, and comforting. That's how Jesus... Jesus never spoke of the feminine. It wasn't part of his mission. But he spoke of the comforter. And that's how he told us about it. Because what, what word more perfectly defines the feminine expression of love, than the comforter. So gaze at the moon and ask, ask God to send you the comforter and you'll feel Divine Mother's presence with you. Swamiji says, Gaze into the moon, especially at the full. Feel in its rays the Divine Mother's eternal love for you and for all her human children. May Divine Mother bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation 
or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.